podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, listeners. How are you, pod friends? We have a very special edition in store for you. You're going to learn about a team that doesn't grab much headlines. Perhaps they will, but they are one very interesting team in Syria. Ah, we're going to talk about Roberto de Vezza's Lecce. Who is Roberto de Vezza? He's the man who saved Parma in many ways when they were banished to the lower divisions of Italian football. He guided them back to the big time. He went to Sampdoria. He took a little break away from the game like Conte and some Italian managers do. And now he's found himself at Lecce, the youngest team in Serie A, who had the best ever start to a Serie A season. But we are joined by a very special guest to give us his expert take, Saivush Falahi. Enjoy. Pack your bags, dust off your passports, we're off to one of the most beautiful parts of Italy, the southern city of Lecce. We're going to put this side under the microscope. They started the season with a plum. The first five Serie A encounters saw them go unbeaten. Three wins, two draws. Saw fans of the club from the southern city dreaming of a possible European charge. The last five games, however, have not been so dreamy. Three defeats and two draws have seen the side's dream start been eroded somewhat. So can Lecce dream bigger than mere survival? Or was that first five games where they defeated Lazio, Soleri, Natana and Genoa just a flash in the pan? We are joined by Italian football expert and journalist Saivush Falahi, one of the most prominent names in Swedish sports journalism. We're going to discuss the club managed by the rescuer of Parma, Roberto de Vezza. He's seeking to resurrect his managerial career after a bit of a topsy-turvy time with Sampdoria. Here we go. Enjoy. Saivush, it is a great honour to welcome you to the Euro Tales Abode. How are you doing, my friend? Please tell us a bit about yourself and your deep love and appreciation for all things Italian football. Uh, all is good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I love Italian football since I was a kid. Uh, when I grew up, it was mostly the Brazilians and the biggest team in Europe uh, played in Italy. So from uh, Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, I used to call him, um, I started to love Italian football. And uh, I've just kept on going since then. And I still think uh, to this day it's the not the best league, but the most interesting because you get a lot of passion that you don't get elsewhere. And I think that's really unique for Italian football. And I think quality-wise, it's growing as well. That is why, my friend, you came to mind when this team caught my attention. Lecce, uh, for some reason this season, they, they've drew me in. There's just something about them. Have they impressed you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first of all, um, so I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, you know, like part in this case because uh, my girlfriend is from the area around Lecce, so I've been there a lot, and the city is ex- truly beautiful. Like probably one of the most beautiful cities I've seen. Small, small town, but extremely beautiful. A uh, lot of things to see, a lot of things to eat. Um, and I was surprised because um, they sold Yulmand um, uh, to Sporting Lisbon. Very good player last season, defensive midfielder. Uh, won a lot of the ball. They lost uh, Umtiti, who, you know, is a World Cup winner, coming to Lecce to play football, doing really well. And I thought they might get relegated, you know. Uh, this is not going to go well. And then they just started to keep delivering result after result after result. So they absolutely caught my eyes and uh, I'm absolutely impressed with them. They started off really, really well and uh, they've been a bit slower uh, the last few weeks, but I, I'd say I'm impressed because I didn't expect them to start so good. As you mentioned there, they lost some key cogs in their footballing machine, but their coach is an intriguing character, Roberto Diversa. He took a year and a half long break away from the game to spend some time with his family. But boy, as you said, his tenure start with a bang. Lecce's best ever start to a Serie A season this year. Are they reaping the dividends from this manager who seemed to need a break away from the beautiful game? It's it's funny, you know, with Italian managers. We also have Antonio Conte at the moment. He's he's from Lecce. Uh, and he also is taking like a year off to, you know, stay with the family. So I think it's an Italian thing. They're very close to their families. Um, I, I absolutely believe that uh, Daversa needed a time off. I think that he had uh, hit, you know... Uh, he went to a place as a coach where it was difficult maybe to find inspiration. He had to rough ten, uh, rough adventures. Um, also, I think that, you know, something that has to be mentioned by when you talk about Lecce is the sporting director, Corvino. You know, he's a, he's a legend in the game. He has a great eye. And I think when you have that kind of person in and around the team, it becomes easier for a coach to come in and do something well. I also think they were extremely well coached last season with Paroni. Um, he, so I, I thought they'd have difficulties with Daversa, but as you as you said, their best start ever. He seems like not the guy that uh, was in Sampdoria last time uh, he coached. So I absolutely think that he has done well. I absolutely think that they play good football. I absolutely think they are brave and fun to watch. Um, Obviously, in the end, it comes down to if they can manage to save themselves in Serie A or not. But their story is really good. And I probably wouldn't have counted on Daversa, but he seems to have been a good choice. And together with the sporting director, they're doing well. Upon his appointment, as you said there, some Lecce fans must have been worried which Daversa they were getting. The Messiah of Parma or the version who was branded in many quarters, a football dinosaur after his ill-fated stint with Sampdoria. Where do you think it went wrong from with Sampdoria? Um, I, I think like I think he, he's, been, he's been getting a bit of justice after because I think he took like 20 points in 24 games and they ended up saving themselves on, on what, 36? So they didn't take so many more points when he was gone and obviously the season after was the last season where they were just disastrous. So... I think that he kind of, you know, had, like, if we look at it today, I wouldn't call him that way, but probably back then that was how I saw him. 
and they obviously had a better team under Davers as well. But I think that Gianpaolo came in, and I honestly didn't see a big effect on on the coaching change. So I think that gives him a bit of justice. And of course, you know they play boring football because they were a boring team. I remember his Parma very well with Kulusevski. I think that was a fun team to watch. You know they they. They defend well. They counterattack very quickly. They, it, you know, it depends a lot on the players. If you can strike a good loan one season from one of the top club, and that player, you know, has his breakout season with you, then that will save you, and then you will be seen as a genius. Whereas if you then go to Sampdoria, have a tougher time, you will be seen as a dinosaur. So I think the margins are very small. I don't think you, you know, he's a future top coach or that he will be like a stable mid or top team coach but I think he's a good coach for a team like Lecce and I think that he has improved his football because the Lecce of the beginning of the season is totally different both from Parma and from Sampdoria I think they you know they play 4-3-3 they want to attack they have fun wingers to watch they're entertaining they they bring people to the stadium so I think he, he's changed and evolved a lot and like you said he he sort of nurtured so many young talents during his time at Parma. And Lecce, thanks to the great work of this crafty operator, the sporting director, Covino, he's assembled the youngest side in Syria uh, on a very modest wage bill. And of yeah. course, he's probably best known for unearthing a little-known Duskan Vlavic and signing him for the under-19s at Fiorentina, landing Fiorentina a transfer windfall. Do you think he's done it again with young Nikola Kristovic? Yeah, yeah I, I, I really think so. Also, like, you know, Corvino, his sporting director, that has found a lot of talents. And I think he's one of those that, you know, in football today, we talk a lot about algorithms, a lot about data, but he's one of those, you know, traditional sporting directors that watches the players in real life, has his concepts of what he likes. And, you know, Kristovic, um, brilliant start, really good player. They already now talk about top teams looking at him. So, absolutely a fantastic signing for a team like Lecce. And uh, I think he's done it again. You know, he's, um, he's that kind of sporting director. And, you know, finding strikers today is really difficult, you know. For a team like Lecce, finding a, a striker that can score 10 to 15 goals in Serie A is worth gold. So, uh, absolutely, I think that uh, it, it's a key signing. It's a great signing. And if he can stay injury-free, I think he might make the difference between having Lecce staying up or going down. He has been marvellous to watch. And as he said, signed for a report of just 3.8 million euros. Some teams pay a, li- a higher loan fee for players, don't they? That it's marvellous what he's done. What other players, my friend, at Lecce have impressed you that you think our listeners should keep an eye out for? So I think, uh, you know, you have the... The centre-back, Basquerotto, he's a farmer, like in real life, and, and you can see that on him because he's built like a, you know, he's not built like a football player. He has the strong muscles, he's very, like, uh, tough, so, and I think that's an interesting <coughs> kind of person to, to keep in mind. Um, also, you have a, a Swedish guy, Pontus Almqvist, that they signed on loan, um, really interesting winger. The big star Strafetza, also fun winger to watch, gets goals, gets assists, you know, can do everything. Um, I think overall they have a, a good and interesting team. Um, so they signed 
uh, the center back Pondragic, Pondracic, I think. Uh, He's also, a great passer, isn't he? He's yeah, great building great. from the back. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, though, you know, because Basquiatto is not that type. He's more physical and strong, and you know, tough to face. But Pondragic is a uh, really good player, really good passer. So they they managed to find a lot of good players. Also, I think we always like kind of forget him because you always talk about the outfield players. But Falcone in goal is is a really good Serie A goalkeeper. He's a giant. Is this Anquist? Is he getting much traction in Sweden? Are people getting excited about him? Yeah, d- during the start, uh, there was a lot of like he just it just flew under the radar that he went to Serie A, and then suddenly he just popped up scoring goals. So everyone was like, "Oh, Anquist is there, and he's doing well, and he's living the best life." So um, absolutely, and now he's been a bit more quiet, but he's still getting playing time. So I think every time he scores and or assists, uh, he he does very well. He's exciting to watch him and Strafetza when they're in yeah. unison. And the pace of Banda, it, it's very unique to see, you know, a team, Lecce, you know, they're small in many quarters and people's opinions, but they play such attacking dynamic football now. Yeah, I think that's, you know, when, when, you, when you get these kind of players like Strafetza and Almquist, and Banda, who are all very like quick and technical, it gives you possibility to both play a game where you dominate and where you counter. And I think for a team that Lecce is very rare to have both options. Like they can play football, they can go on attack, they can dominate the game, but they can also uh, lie down and counter attack, which is which is what these three players give you on the wings. And they also have the French guy Odan that is really good. So. Um, I think they've just built an interesting team that can play in many different ways. And usually the bottom teams have one way to play and nothing more, which is what makes them get relegated. But I actually believe in Lecce now because I think they have different options to on how to play. And finally, my friend, how far do you think Lecce and the Versa can go this season? Is it another relegation battle over the horizon or... A potential European place. I'd be very ambitious there. No, I, I don't. I don't. I think like reality is a bit coming now for them, where they've. I think they started to go five games unbeaten, and now they have three or four games where they haven't won. I think that they have to be in survival mode. I really think they have to make the most to stay in Serie A, and after that, they can see where they come. But. The top and the European spots are really, really strong this year. I think you have seven, eight, almost nine very good teams. You look at Bologna, they're going, probably going to miss Europe, but they're very good and they're a bit further ahead than uh, Lecce. I think that Lecce has to aim at becoming a stable mid-bottom team, like, you know, the places from 12 to 16 and not always be, like, just uh, surviving. I, I think that has to be the ambition. And to be honest, I, I, I thought before the season that they were going to relegate because they sacked the coach. They lost the two most important players. Usually that's a sign of um, chaos, you know, Al- alarm bells are ringing. But since they have Corvino and they found a Laversa who's doing well, I think that they will survive. And I think they will deserve to do that. And I think that has to be the, the target for this season. Thank you so much, my friend. We really appreciate your time. Could you tell our listeners where they can hear more of your fantastic football knowledge and insight? 
mostly they can read me on Twitter because uh, I work in Sweden now, so I, I don't talk so much in English. But uh, Twitter I write in English, uh, F, so uh, you can check that out, or X as it's called now. Um, that's, I think Twitter is the best platform. I sometimes guess, but it's not very regular. I'll put all those links in the show notes. My friend, enjoy the rest of Serie A, and hopefully we can catch up with you again later on in the season. Perfect. Thank you a lot for having me. Eurotales. Eurotales. Absolutely spoiled and humbled to have Sai Vush appear on the podcast. Please, if you haven't taken time or don't have the time, make some time to check out Lecce this season. They have some fantastic, exciting players, all hired and recruited by this sporting director who is turning stones into gold in many eyes. Gabriel Strafezza is a really exciting Brazilian player. He's come up the hard way through the lower divisions of Italian football, rejected at many clubs when he had trials because they said he was too small. Valentin Jean-Dre, a dynamic attacking right back from France. He's only 23 years old. He can be at times an assist machine. Last season, there was murmurings of Marseille and Lyon stalking his signature. I mentioned there during the interview is Pontus Alnquist, a really exciting 24-year-old Swede on loan from Russian side Rostov. He's a former Swedish under-21 international. And if he keeps up his trajectory, he will be coming a full senior feature in that Sweden international squad in the near future. He's a great ball carrier. He's capable of... A surprise, a bill of techers, a bill of flamboyance. Then on the wing, we have Banda, a 22-year-old, a Zambian. Low centre gravity, pace, power, causes mayhem when Lecce launch counter-attacks. Thanks so much, Saivush Falahi, a really esteemed Swedish journalist. And as you can see, an absolute encyclopedia of Syria uh, knowledge. You're listening to Eurotales, where European football stories are explored one at a time. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Well, that's all we've got time for. Saivush's links to his Twitter are in the show notes. Give him a follow if you want to keep up in all things and happenings in Syria and more. He is an astounding European football expert. Just some, any other items before we go off here, please to announce some really good news for the podcast. We have signed up with the Sports Social Podcast Network. All the big boys in the football world are with them and we are absolutely pleased to be working with them going further into the future. That's all thanks to you for your support and listening to us. If you see it on the socials, please give it a share each episode. If you haven't given us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, please do. It helps us attract new listeners. Then obviously higher caliber of guests for your listening pleasure. Thanks so much. Have a great week and enjoy all the football action. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't miss us between episodes. Simply follow our socials, links in the show notes, or simply search at EuroTalesPod on Twitter. EuroTales.
Social Podcast Network.